This podcast is part of Heal at Home Moms. Erin and I are two doctors of physical therapy, and we created this online program of exercise and education to help moms know how to heal their own bodies after they have a baby. So you can learn more at healathomemoms.com, and you can save 30% on the program with a discount code MOMCAST30. That's MOMCAST30, all caps. Hey everybody, this is Rachel McLaughlin. I should say Dr. Rachel McLaughlin. She is an OBGYN and a missionary in Burundi, Africa, and my sister-in-law. So Rachel, thank you for talking with us today. Thanks for calling. So we wanted to bring you on today, not only because your whole life's dedication is basically helping um, women, but um, through your OBGYN and doctor skills, um, but you've started something new at your hospital in Burundi um, that I thought was really fascinating. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So about um, six months ago, uh, my husband Eric and I uh, came up with an idea called uh, Zigama Mama. And what that is, is it's actually a Kirundi word. Uh, Kirundi is the local language here in Burundi that means to protect the mother. And as in my work as an OB at our hospital, I was seeing a lot of cases of maternal mortality, a lot of cases of something called uterine rupture, which is what happens when during labor, the uterus is working so hard that it literally tears itself apart um, as trying to get the baby out. And that is much more common in women who have had C-sections before. Yeah. Hence so why you're seeing all right, these the stuff yeah, here in America, yeah. I guess for a lot of listeners that like, so she's talking about so many women are dying in childbirth basically, um, because of the right, previous right. C-section or, mm-hmm. okay. And, uh, and these women weren't necessarily able to get the care that they needed. Sometimes they would come in, uh, way too late. And so we were trying to figure out if there was a way that we could somehow get these ladies to the hospital to have a consultation with me to decide who could safely you know, labor at the hospital and who would be better off getting another C-section. Mm. And so we came up with the idea of offering a free ultrasound to these ladies as sort of like a, a carrot, sort of a, a motivation mm-hmm. uh, for them to come in. Um, everybody here knows that ultrasounds are important, and yet uh, the price of an ultrasound here is Basically, the equivalent of at least two weeks' salary for wow. for yeah. people, and it's out of pocket pay. And so, it's how much really, is that, by the I, way? Just to give us a like six dollars. So these these ladies, we thought if they could get to the hospital, which is no small feat, because a lot of them mm-hmm. too, they're working in the fields all day. They have to walk to the hospital, or they don't have money for transportation. But if they could get there. Uh, we could do an ultrasound, identify any problems in the pregnancy, and that would give me a chance to talk to them and figure out if this would be a lady that would be better served by having a C-section. And if so, uh, then we could schedule it and uh, she could come back and receive her C-section. So we've been doing this program since about July. And so far, we've done um, close to 250 ultrasounds for ladies. That's amazing. And we've scheduled a ton of C-sections. So I, so far, uh, it looks like the program's going really well. Um, it seems to be really well received by the ladies. They're excited to get their ultrasounds, um, and we've noticed That's fewer really cases cute. of yeah. uterine ruptures. So, it yes, I was going to be say, well. I was going to ask like the the amount that you've had since that you've started this program of the uterine ruptures and the issues with labor um, post um, this program. Yeah, what was the percent of uterine rupture with mortality? before this program started? Do you guys have a number or just notice yeah, that it was a so, 
3% of all of our ladies that came in in labor would have a uterine rupture, which is like huge. It's something like one in 10,000 deliveries in the States. And here it was 3% of women um, just because, you know, they, they just couldn't get into the hospital soon enough, or maybe their first C-section hadn't been done um, in a technique maybe that really closed the uterus as firmly as it should have been. Yeah. So there were, there's a lot of factors there. And we don't really have great numbers for after. I mean, anecdotally, I can say that I've seen fewer cases. And also, importantly, we've seen a lot more ladies come in for a scheduled C-section mm-hmm. instead of just waiting for labor. But mm-hmm. I'm excited to see um, how this program is really decreasing amounts of uterine rupture. When you're looking at things, what what kind of signs yeah. do you see that um, would indicate we probably just need to go ahead and do a C-section, scheduled C-section? So I I use the ultrasound as a way of helping me to, um, I guess, determine her her due date, make sure the baby's in the right presentation. Like if the baby's not head down, then, you know, that's sort of an automatic Mm -hmm. C-section. But also I use the history. I use a lot of, um, you know, why did she have a C-section the first time? And a lot of these ladies are already on their third or fourth C-section. And uh, the studies have shown really it's just not safe for these ladies to labor, especially because when they labor, they're at home many times or at a Mm -hmm. health center where they're not going to get really good surveillance. And so it's one thing to be at the hospital in America and you're on the monitor and you can see the baby's heartbeat. And that just doesn't happen here. And so sometimes it's sort of a better safe than sorry. Things can go bad really fast, right? Interesting. Where you are. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, yeah. Right. have the same... And even if a lady is at a health center, for example, and something something happens, the baby's heartbeat goes down, it can be three or four hours before she even arrives at the hospital where we could do a C-section oh, for it's her. It's not like here so, where like you can be emergent- in the hospital within 10 minutes. Right. Kinda, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. There's no racing the bed down the hallway to the C-section room or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's really hours will pass. No ambulance so. to speed through. I was going to say we do have one ambulance for our district, but it, the ambulance has to go out to each health center and pick up the lady and bring her back. And that's like a two or three hour round trip. And we only yeah. have one of them. So if there's two ladies with an emergency at the same time, we're well, who sort do you of tr- out of yeah. luck. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I was, right. was going to say, I know you guys basically built your hospital um, because there wasn't one in your area. So um, like, so how far do people have to travel to get to the hospital you guys built? So it's actually been really interesting. As part of the program, I've had a chance to go out and visit the 17 health centers in our district just to see how far away they are. And the farthest one we've been to took about an hour and a half one way to get there, uh, and that was in a in a car. And so if these uh, ladies would walk, and, yeah. you know, it would take a long time. And so most of them would have to get like a little while in labor, bike right? Taxi. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Can you imagine riding on the back of someone's bike while you're in labor? (laughs) No, I cannot. I cannot. Well, because it's not like, I mean, the roads I'm sure are not. No. Always. They're not good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hence why they often stay where they are because they just literally can't tolerate transport. (laughs) We have ladies that literally deliver on the side of the road because they're walking into the health centers and they can't get there. And so they're like, you know, on this dirt path next to someone's farm and they have the baby. So it's it's amazing. Completely alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that just goes to say like, Hey, 
how fortunate we are um, to have the healthcare mm-hmm. that we do. Um, we even often complain, like, you know, there's just not enough that we do for these women. And, and to, to be fair, that's true. That's true. But it's good to acknowledge that we also are doing well in many things as well. Right. You know, so. um, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I just find it um, very empowering what you're doing over there to for these women to make sure that they're receiving the proper health care. Um, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish there was more that we could do as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the U.S. does not have a perfect health care system no. either. And there is always more that we can provide for women and minorities. And just mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that don't have access to health care, even in the U.S. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet um, the, it's just like orders of magnitude different different here and it's so hard uh, to see these women that have such difficult lives that have suffered so much at the hands of so many people and I'm hoping that as part of this problem or as part of this project these ladies can see that there are people out there who care about them and who care mm-hmm. about the health of their their children as well I uh we our team um here at Kabuye in Burundi, we have a, a blog and I've written several articles about the Zigama Mama program and I can send you guys the link if you want to attach it to yeah, the podcast. That would be great. Um, and then that. people people can look it up and get a little bit more information and also some photos of the health centers and the places we've been out to visit. Well, and, and too, like right. I, I've heard um, one of our other um, OBGYNs that we had on was um, like as far as like having babies close together um when you're having Mm c-sections um she said that optimal is at least 18 months if not two years um post c-section to then try to have a v-back um Mm -hmm. essentially Mm -hmm. um uh, because of the healing aspects and and i'm wondering if it's also because of what you're talking about with the um ruptures and um dangers with yeah absolutely And um, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of pressure on women in this society to have a lot of children and to have children right away after they get married. And so, for example, oftentimes we'll be doing C-sections for what we call like a freshly scarred uterus. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, if she gets pregnant, maybe, you know, a couple months after her last C-section, the uterus hasn't really had time to heal well. And so her risk that she would have this uterine rupture problem goes up a lot. But Unfortunately, a lot of women, they're really girls, um, Mm. 18, 19 years old that have their first C-section. Maybe the baby will die due to a result of the delivery, or maybe the baby will just get sick afterwards and pass away. Mm -hmm. And there's not that thought of, well, I should wait two more years before I try again. Mm -hmm. They get pregnant again right away. And so that's a real common problem that we see here. Well, that makes sense because, you know, you have children to then work, um, Am I correct with that? Like they, like that they are like kind of like kind of like how we used to be. Like our my family were a mm-hmm. bunch of farmers, so they had twelve mm-hmm. children, um, and then right. you know they all worked on the farm, um, kind of right. thing. So I'm, I'm assuming that's yeah, kind of the every, same. Yeah, I think something like eighty or ninety percent of people in Burundi are farmers, and they call mm-hmm. it subsistence farming, meaning you don't raise crops to sell you basically farm your land to feed your family um yeah and so the more kids you have the more work you have but also the The more mortality is (laughs) so high here that um i mean if well i want to have four children and so i should actually have maybe seven or eight because then four of them will survive into Mm. adulthood Um, so that's that's another 
that's another big issue yeah. as well. So, and I'm assuming birth control is not like a common consider like consideration as well. It's it's provided for free by the government, which is good. Um, and yet, wow, culturally, I didn't know that. it's culturally, yeah, yeah, <laughs> culturally, it's um, really there's something like less than twenty percent of women in the country have ever used birth control. Some of that is religious um, mm. pressure from uh, churches in the country, and some of it is cultural. And again, this there's a sense that the more children you have, the more blessed you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, which which can be seen as true for sure. Mm-hmm. Children are a blessing. Um, and yet um, that, that's sort of without thought of what it's doing to the woman's body mm-hmm. or to the other children, the, the children that have already been born now who don't have enough food or they don't have enough breast milk because the mom's pregnant again. And it does really cause a lot of problems. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, here I think that it's very common for women to be able to still nurse, even sometimes while pregnant, you know, if they're mm-hmm. getting enough nutrients mm-hmm. and we have all these wonderful tools to like help increase milk, milk supply. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. don't, they don't mm-hmm. have that. And if they don't have enough nutrition really to keep their body barely going, they're certainly not going to produce milk. Um, right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. big cause of malnutrition for, for young kids. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for telling us about that passion project. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Thank you for what you do Thanks. for these women. Thanks, um, guys. That's, that's huge. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any physical therapy questions for us, find us on Facebook or Instagram. Feel free to send us messages or also visit us at healathomemoms.com and we'll see you next time.